The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, believe it or not, there is good news tonight, Royals fans. As I'm sure you've heard by now, the Blue Jays lost, which means the Royals remain six games up for their quest to achieve home field advantage throughout the 2015 AL playoffs. The bad news, though, of course, came on the field at Kauffman Stadium in front of 36,000-plus as the Royals get completely waxed 12-1 to by the White Sox. As we welcome you into another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, it's Davo where we're going to break down the last two games of this series, which seems to be the most important thing at this point. We'll get into Johnny Cueto again as well in particular uh, because there's not much to talk about with this game tonight. One of the easiest games of the year to sum up. Just nothing went right for the Royals, and it's pretty easy to shake the majority of it off. Let's begin with our player of the game tonight. That's Alcides Escobar who went two for four with a run. He's the only Royal with two hits in this game. So Escobar, two for four with a run, is your player of the game. That's not a good sign because it means you didn't do much offensively. And if you're not choosing the pitcher on the other side, it means your pitching wasn't good either. So Esky does that, and the Royals muster just one extra base hit and one walk collectively as an offense tonight. The extra base hit came from a guy who continues to impress me albeit a small sample size, but nothing to not like so far this year from Chesler Cuthbert as he nears the 10-game mark. I mean, defensively, we detailed it last night, and we've talked about it almost every night that he's played, just how far Cuthbert has come in the last couple of summers. It's completely a 180. I can't tell you enough how much he has improved defensively. So he has the only extra base hit for the Royals tonight, and Eric Hosmer... The only walk, as longtime nemesis John Danks just took it to KC... Complete game, one run allowed by Danks on seven hits with five strikeouts and a walk. So the Royals just couldn't get anything going tonight on offense. And Andy McCullough, the Royals beat writer, made an interesting tweet that actually kind of made me chuckle and nod my head in agreement. If you're Toronto, if you're the Astros, if you're the Yankees, some of these teams, why would you not have tried to go get John Danks, you know, cheaply just to have him face the Royals in the playoffs? And I know that's a little bit of a stretch considering he's not having a good year overall. But, man, he continues to take it to the Royals. Now, pitching, let's get to the Royals and Chris Medlin for starters. was, you know, not good tonight either for the Royals. Uh, about the same as their offense was their pitching tonight. And about the same as the series finale last night against the Tigers when we saw Edinson Volquez throw 38 pitches and be out there on the mound for like 25 minutes and give up the runs. Pretty similar first inning for Chris Medlin tonight. Not near as many pitches, but Medlin did allow three runs when he labored through that first inning on four singles and a walk. So the White Sox got to him early, including a bad luck ball that Ben Zobras probably would have turned into a double play and kept the deficit just one to nothing. But it looked like it skipped off the corner of the bag. So, I mean, that just began the bad luck for the Royals tonight. And I will say, getting back to the offense, the Royals did sting a good four or five balls that were right at people tonight. And on the opposite side, that you know, didn't go their way on some of the balls hit, especially in that first sitting off of Medlin. But he wasn't good overall. The ball was flat. The ball was up in the middle of the plate, especially that jack that Tyler Flowers hit, the three-run home run that doubled the lead from 3 nothing to 6 nothing, up and away, right over the middle of the plate. And Flowers did what good hitters do. 
And give the White Sox credit. You can't always blame it on our guys. Did a nice job against Madeline. They got seven runs on him and five and two-thirds on 11 hits with a walk. So that means you do the math, 12 base runners plus, you know, what, five and two-thirds. So over a two-whip tonight, not good. Struck out just three, just flat. One of those nights, two steps forward, one step back. He's been two steps forward almost the entire season. He'll be, I think, okay the next five days. We'll see what he does in his next outing, which will come against the Minnesota Twins. Now, the good news is on the Medlin front, if you want to look for some, is that he did get his pitch count up to 98 total pitches tonight, which should take the training wheels off for him now. He should be able to go 100 to 107, 108, pretty much every outing from here on out the remainder of the season. So that's good. Jeremy Guthrie came in an equally tough night, just like Medlin, just like the Royals offense, although the game was already completely out of reach by the time Guthrie even set foot in the field. But, you know, Three and a third innings, he was able to eat those innings, which is good. That means your bullpen remains fresh going into tomorrow. Uh, You know, but three and a third, five runs on six hits. Obviously not what Jeremy's looking for. Two home runs allowed, back-to-backs. Adam Eaton, number 11 on the year. Jose Abreu, number 25. Guthrie did strike out three in his three and a third. The stuff looks better out of the bullpen for Guthrie. It does. Hasn't always been the best results The second outing of the last three now where his stuff probably was better than the line indicated. He did have a good outing, you know, six up, six down the other night, but not tonight. Not much to say, though, you know, overall in this game. And it's just one of those games. Like, for me, it's just like I said earlier. It's one of the top five easiest post games I've done all year. Because what is there to talk about? Nothing. I mean, the offense was bad. The pitching was bad. No really defensive plays of anything I can really remember sticks out tonight. I didn't circle anything on my scorecard. There's just not much going on tonight. So let's get to the next couple of games. A pair of lefties match up tomorrow. Carlos Quintana and Danny Duffy. Quintana 7-10 and with a 3-7-5 this year. Duffy 7-6, and a 4-1-1. And I do this pretty much every time the Royals face Quintana and, and talk about how he's one of the most underrated pitchers in the American League. Quietly, one of the most consistent. Look at the innings for starters. 2013, he threw 200 innings on the nose. Last year, did one more out, did 200 innings and a third, and this year he sits at 170 and a third. You do the math, five more starts. So if he does six innings per start his last five, he will end with, you guessed it, 200.1. How nuts is that? Probably going to throw right at 200 innings three seasons in a row for Quintana. The ERAs have been really good and consistent as well. 3-5-1 and 13, 3-3-2 last year, 3-7-5 this year. So remarkably consistent, but the Royals, speaking of consistent, have consistently battered him. For as good as Danks is, and it seems like the Royals always get Quintana right after they face Danks. <laughs> it happens again tomorrow. For as good as he is overall, he's not against the Royals at all. This year, four no decisions and a 5-6-3 when he's faced the Royals. So Quintana has not been good against KC, and they can rest their laurels on that, plus upgrading their offense, you know, facing a lefty with guys like Johnny Gomes out there and guys like Ben Zobrist and even having a guy maybe potentially like a Chesler Cuthbert who's hot right now playing over at third base. I'm sure we'll see him again tomorrow. My guess is Moose is back on Sunday with a right-hander Eric Johnson. More on that in a second. But Danny Duffy needs a good start, just like – the guy on Sunday needs a good start, Johnny Cueto. Duffy first, though. Now, if you remember, for a while there, it looked like Duffy had turned the corner and had penciled himself in. You know, pre-Johnny Cueto, it appeared he'd penciled himself in as a number two starter there for a while in the postseason, didn't it? When when Ventura was struggling, he didn't have Cueto. Medlin wasn't yet starting. At that point, it looked like Duffy was your 
sure thing as a number two at that point before Cueto and before Ventura. He had gone seven straight starts of six innings or more. There was an eight-inning outing in there, a couple of seven-inning outings in there, a seven and a third. But now, after seven straight starts of six innings or more, he has gone five and two-thirds or less in four of his last five. So only six innings once out of his last five starts. And I guess, in a way, you know, he could easily still be in the in the postseason playoff rotation. I still expect that he probably will, unless you're facing Toronto, who has all those bashers, mashers, whatever you want to call them from the right side. You probably don't want to start him against Toronto. Otherwise, a good chance you probably still see him in the rotation. Because the good news is, like, you know, in the postseason, obviously, you've got a guy like either Mendlin or Duffy, whoever you don't choose for your rotation, as your long guy, and then you throw him out there with the fact that you have an off day every couple of days. Your bullpen should stay fresh. And a, and a guy like Duffy can give you four or five innings in the, in the postseason. Six innings and be fine. But during the season, it's obviously a little bit of a bigger deal. My point, though, being it'd be nice to see Duffy give the Royals some more length tomorrow after not doing that for a while. His last outing at Tampa... Allowed two runs on seven hits and five. And against Chicago this year, Duffy is 1-0 with a 3-8-2. Do you like the Royals tomorrow? I think it's a toss-up. Just because they have owned Quintana, but at some point you got to think he, a pitcher of his caliber, and I'm not calling him great, but he's definitely a very good major league starting pitcher. You'd think at some point a guy that's mid-threes and 200 innings is probably going to figure out a way to beat you out of five outings. We'll see, though. I think Danny Duffy obviously could easily have a great start. And what do we always say here? It seems like a team that scores a whole bunch one night, like the 12th tonight, doesn't score anything the next night. Look at the Royals tonight versus last night, although that doesn't hold credence because in game two against Detroit, they scored a bunch too. So maybe that means nothing. (laughs) Just pointing that out. Now, the series finale on Sunday is Eric Johnson, his debut for the year, and Johnny Cueto. Cueto 2-4 with a 4-2-1. Now, the Royals have seen Eric Johnson a couple of times. Not this year. It's his first start of the year, like I said, first appearance of the year. They saw him, though, in 2014 last year. When they got seven runs on ten hits in him, uh, in four and two thirds, and they saw him in 2013, the very end of that year at U.S. Cellular, when he allowed three runs in five and a third. Now Johnson, this year, if you're wondering, by the way, did win the 2015 International League Most Valuable Pitcher Award at Charlotte AAA. There went 11 and eight with a 2.37 in 132 and a third inning. So Eric Johnson had a nice year, but typical four A pitcher. The Royals have to get this done on Sunday. Johnny Cueto, and let's talk about him a little bit here. I have gone over at length plenty of stats about this. If you want to go back and listen listen to the dish if you missed it after his last outing. Um, listen to that dish against the Tigers, and I go over why I'm not worried about him. Many, 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 many reasons. You know, External factors I give as well. I'll give you some numbers, track record. But it's still an important start for him because now if you have another bad start, I mean, the last start, of course, was not quite bad. As I told you, he went six innings, four runs. Should have been six innings, two or three runs. There was some defense behind him. Uh, So we'll just say six innings, three runs is last start. Still not good for an ace. I'm not saying it's good for an ace for him, what you expect out of him. But it wasn't awful. But the two starts before that were. So uh, the long story short, three bad starts in a row for an ace, two horrible, one bad. You know, you need to see something because you've only got five starts left now before the postseason starts at a Johnny Cueto. Only four more after this outing, assuming the Royals don't skip him at all. It's time to get going because you don't want to be worried. And, you know, I'm not assuming he's healthy, which I believe he is. The velocity is still there. I mean, 
the cutter's not working for him. He doesn't seem – when he picked up his tempo in the last game, it seemed like he was getting outs, didn't it? The fifth and sixth inning, he really picked up his tempo and started getting hitters out. Hopefully he can carry that over into this outing. But, you know, have a good outing against the White Sox on Sunday, and we can forget about the last few outings. He, he, he deserves that after, you know, since 2011, quality year after quality year, quality start after quality start. I'm going to look at that over I am three starts. Especially when the Sam Royals fans who are freaking out on him were equally buying the t-shirts 25 days ago when he had the shutout against the Tigers in his home debut. So what is it? Who knows exactly? We're not going to get into that. We'll have plenty of time to rehash the numbers and guess what it is if he struggles on Sunday. I don't think he will. We'll forget about this little blip. It's good that it happened now and not later in the year. Now, with that said, if he does struggle again pretty mightily, if it's another five inning, six inning, you know, four plus run outing, then I think it's time to at least discuss a potential dead arm, discuss skipping a start, and maybe get a tiny bit concerned. My concern level would grow to about a four and a half or five if he struggles again on Sunday. If he gets his brains beating him up to a six, then he has another bad start after that, I'm really concerned because at that point you have to almost think it's an injury. But I don't think it's anything like that. I don't think it's an injury. I just think it's a little, you know, other teams hitting pitches and some other external factors we talked about. So there you go. That's my thoughts on Cueto. Long story short, needs a good outing. Facing the White Sox. Has not seen them since coming over to KC. If you're in Las Vegas, put big money on the Royals on Sunday. Eric Johnson and Johnny Cueto. A three in a row. Difficult start, Johnny Cueto. You think he has something to prove? I think so. And I think he will coming up on Sunday. So I like the Royals to for sure get the game on Sunday. I think they probably will eke one out tomorrow night, especially with the entire bullpen Looking good. Most likely, it sounds like Ryan Matson might even be available. You've got Wade Davis, 100%. You've got Hochaver, Young, Holland. So plenty of arms out there to go along with Danny Duffy, who hopefully can give the Royals at least six-plus innings and a couple or three earned runs or less tomorrow as the Royals try to get to Quintana once again and win game two of this series. We'll talk to you again on Clubhouse Conversation. Have yourself a great night, and go Royals!